0: What a great gift of God that we can have a truth uh, that we can have at a time like this, because, man, do we need truth right now. So we're going to look at the scriptures together, and I want to invite you to grab a Bible if you have one. And as we grab our Bibles, uh, you may be wondering, are we going to stay in Genesis, or are we going to exit Genesis? And so, uh, yes or no? Again, this is practice. You ought to be saying either out loud yes right now or no. Uh, So here, if you know me, you know what the answer is. Yes and no. It's always both. So yes, we're going to stay in Genesis, but no, we're not going to go into any new passages in Genesis. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take what we've learned so far in Genesis, and we're going to try to say, what does what we've seen so far in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 Say to our current day, so <clears throat> here 's where we are so far in Genesis in Genesis chapter one and two, uh, we summed it all up with this simple statement that God is glorious uh, he 's glorious in the fact that before the beginning there was God, because something can 't come from nothing, so uh, God is glorious, his creation declares his glory right it 's vast and yet it's detailed. There's an unbelievable power, and yet there's infinite wisdom. And so we see in Genesis one everything that God made declares his glory. But then Genesis chapter 3 reveals that God has an opposer. The glorious God is opposed. Now let's not be confused. Is he the same as God? No, he's not the same as God. He's not equal to God, he is this opposer called Satan, or the devil, or the father of lies. Most important is, remember this, he was a created being. So he's not all-knowing like God, he's not all-powerful like God, and he's not everywhere like God. So he does oppose God, but he can be resisted. What's most important for us to remember is this, is that his goal is to destroy you with lies. Because that's his goal, destroy you, and his tactic is lies. Uh, That's why we just sang that song. Truth. Truth is what we're seeking because truth is the weapon against the destroyer. Uh, What's that have to do with coronavirus? Uh, Simply this. I think there's a truth, as much as being said out there, I'm not sure I've heard this said once yet. And this is a truth that I hope by the time we're finished today, you're going to go, I'm going to remember that this afternoon, tonight, tomorrow. I'm going to remember this truth. I hate the lying destroyer. I hate him. Why, why do I hate him? Well, I hate the lying destroyer for simply this reason. What was his first lie? You surely will not die. Was there death? Was there sickness prior to the opposer? Lying? There wasn't. So... uh, Again, I don't know. I think we're so caught up in the physical. We need to think in the spiritual right now. And the spiritual reality is this. That the sickness we're experiencing, the death we're experiencing, is because the opposer told a lie, said, you won't die. Surely you won't die. And what's happened? People have been dying ever since. And people scared to death about dying ever since. So, we have a global pandemic that started with, you won't die. Adam and Eve believed the lie, and they died. And so, all that's going on reminds me, I hate the lying destroyer. But sometimes we get mad at the wrong people. When when Adam and Eve, you'll remember this in Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve believed the destroyer and that they wouldn't die and they ate and then they had all sorts of knowledge that didn't have before and shame and fear that they didn't have before. Uh, And God says, What happened? You know what Adam says? It's that woman. And what the woman said the serpent. Why? Because we always blame, and sometimes we blame the wrong people. Uh, Lots of people are asking right now, where's God? Instead of saying, I hate the lying destroyer. we had to profoundly see what's going on as followers of Jesus right now. This is the extension of the work of the opposer. What I hate is lies. Give you a simple example. Suppose uh, my wife makes me cookies, and you don't have to imagine that she does make me cookies. But so, so I have cookies here, and the way she, the way I love them is not hard and crispy. But watch this. See, see, I can bend it, soft, chewy, and I go. Mm. So good. I know my mama taught me, don't talk with food in my mouth. But so good. And I go, baby, these are awesome. I'm enjoying this creation of cookies she makes. My my neighbor shows up and goes, what you got there? And I go, my wife's homemade cookies. And he says to me, you know what you ought to try? You ought to try some horseradish on them horseradish, that'd be terrible. I go, oh, no, 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 no. What you don't know is when you're at work, the cookies are at the house, Jackie gets out the horseradish and she dips her cookies in horseradish because it's better. She says, I want to tell you. And I go, seriously? He goes, seriously. You got to just dip it in. Like the real stuff. Uh, not the creamy, like the, the coarse ground, horseradish. You ought to try it. Whew, I can smell this right now. And I, I hear, but I know it was good, but man, he says it's going to be better. Oh, didn't practice this part. Oh. Now... When I try the cookie with horseradish, and it's making me almost cry, and who? Who am I mad at? Who ruined my cookies? Am I mad at my wife or my neighbor, or me? We're just we're asking the wrong questions right now, folks. We've come to the wrong conclusions. We're mad at the wrong person. God made something really good. He created life perfectly. And then an opposer came and said, it'd be better like this. We believe the lie and then got mad at the opposer? I mean, got mad at God? Doesn't make any sense. Let's be mad. At the lying destroyer. Now, when I say get mad at him, I don't mean this. My wife grew up in Florence, South Carolina. And they had a gas tank buried in their backyard to run their appliances and that sort of stuff. And so there was a pipe. That came up out of the backyard where they would come and refill the gas tank. But in my wife's very young mind at the time, things were very simple. God was above and Satan was below. And so clearly the pipe was the pipeline to Satan. So what she would do is she would go into her backyard and she would reach down, take the lid off I hate you, Satan. And then she put it back on real fast before you could get out and get her. Put the lid back on. I hate you, Satan. Now, I'm not saying I want you guys to run around in your backyards. I hate you, Satan. I hate you, Satan. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to recognize that this what we are experiencing is a result of the opposer who ruined what God had made perfectly and good. And I want you to remember that for this reason, so that you, as you say, I I hate the lying destroyer, that you would say, I am more convinced than ever to refuse to, to believe his lies. I am more convinced than ever to refuse to believe his lies. See what I'm saying? He lies to you, lies to me. I believe his lies, and what's he do? Brings death to relationships. He brings sorrow to my life. He ruins my cookies, right? And then I believe him again. And this global pandemic ought to cause me to go. I am more convinced than ever. I am not going to buy in. To your lies, because you only want to do to me what you're doing to this world. You only want to do to my marriage what you're doing to this world. You only want to do to this church what you're doing to this world. You want to destroy. Friends, let's be clear. The opposer is not your friend and he does not care about you and he does not care about the people that you care about. He only wants to destroy you and he destroys you with his lies and so would you with me? see that he said you wouldn't die and we're dying and so I'm not going to believe the other lies. I'm not going to buy in. I'm going to trust the truth. I'm going to, what did we declare? I'm going to seek the truth. I'm going to live by the truth. I'm not going to keep it here, here, under it because under the shadow of the Almighty, where we started in Psalm 91, under the shadow of the Almighty, the King of kings, the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to live here, not buying the lies of the one who wants to destroy me. So I, I, I don't know that the world could give you a better reason to refuse to believe his lies. Just look around and See what believing him gets you. You won't die? Yes, you will. He's a liar. So where's God in the midst of all this? Second truth to declare. And I, I want to say in the midst of all this, I can't fathom how much God loves me. Just like I want to say, man, I hate the lying destroyer. I, I don't want to get iffy on does God love me right now because he does. And there is repeatedly reason to remember and to see he loves me and he couldn't love me more. Lamentations 3 says, the Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases his for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord My portion, says my soul, therefore I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. God loves you. You The opposer hates you. Wants to destroy you. God loves you and repeatedly demonstrates it. His loving kindness never ceases. His compassions never fail. Uh, three demonstrations that I just want to bring to our thinking as we remember man I just can't I can't even when I say fathom I can't sound the depths I can't find the bottom of God's love. That's how deep it is. First, I can't fathom it because I can't imagine how he lovingly created life that didn't include sickness and death. See, it's, it's all you and I have ever lived with, but that is not how God created it. God created lovingly for us to experience life in its fullness. He loves me. Second, In love, he sent his son to pay my penalty for believing the destroyer's lies. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) He not only loves me and what he made for me, I ruin it. And he pays the price for me ruining it. I mean, who does that? That's what the scripture says. You You might lay your life down for a good man, but for a wicked man, no way. God does. God demonstrated His uh, let's, God demonstrates His own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He doesn't love just because or because we are lovable or not. He loves us because He is love, and He created us to be in relationship with Him. Wherever you're sitting right now. It might seem weird, but what if you simply said, God, I know you love me. Now just think it, speak it. God, I know you love me. And I know you love me because of what you did for me in Jesus. I wasn't lovable. I wasn't good. I'd rebelled against you. I deserved death. I deserved wrath. And you gave your son to pay the penalty for me. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. How? Through Jesus, in Jesus, our Lord. Life, eternal. Afraid of dying? You don't need to be afraid of dying. Why? Why? because there is available to each and every one of us eternal life in Jesus Christ. Do you believe in him? Do you believe that he loves you? And life eternal is offered to you. Third, not only did he love me and create a world without sicknesses and death, then he paid the penalty for me. Third, his son is my advocate and forgiver when I foolishly still believe the destroyer. You see, the ugly reality is, it's not that I just believed the destroyer once. It's not that you just believed him once. It's that we, we believed him. We've sinned against God. God took the penalty for our sin upon Himself through sending His Son to be our Savior, and that great love. And yet, we still buy the horseradish junk. We we still go, oh. Maybe God is holding out on me. Maybe it really is better apart from him. Maybe I could really do a better job of running my life. Maybe I won't pay the consequences for sin against God. We still believe the lies. And I just want to tell you, you know what? God only loved you to create the way he created, he loved you by demonstrating it in his son, Jesus, and his death on the cross. He loves you every single day. Because every single day, we end up, and I'm not blaming the devil. He got it started. My sinful nature, the world, the devil. The lies come from any of those three places, I believe. And he doesn't kick me out of the family. You ever thought how many times you'd kick yourself out of this family if this was up to you? You go, uh, uh, all right, enough. You said you're sorry, but clearly you're not sorry. And He is the one who loves you that says this. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. And watch, the next chapter begins like this. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So he created me to be in relationship with him, but I rebel. And so he takes the penalty so that I can be restored. And then I rebel. And he stays as my advocate. God loves you. Do not let what's going on in this world cause you to go. I'm not sure he loves me. He could not love you more. He loved you from the beginning. He loved you in Jesus. And he loves you every single day. And actually, crazy, he loves you every time, even when you sin. How do I know? His son, is my advocate. His son is your advocate as you trust in him. So he loves me, and I hate the destroyer, and I have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. Now that, that, that sounds crazy, because if there's one thing going around now, it's fear. More for fear than toilet paper, that's for sure. So, what are we afraid of? Ask yourself, really, what are you afraid of? Afraid of getting sick? Afraid of uh, of dying? Afraid of losing all your retirement? Afraid something might happen to your family? Afraid for losing your job? Those are all very real. I'm not saying we don't fear because... Nothing's ever going to happen to us. No, we don't fear because though things do happen to us, we know something even greater. We know that God causes, and again, you're in your living room, say it, all things. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. Why? Because he is good. He only knows how to do good. He causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So I'm not saying I wish I could go, don't worry about it. You're never going to lose your job. Your income's going to be great and the retirement is going to come back. I don't know any of that. Here's what I know. God loves you. The lion destroyer hates you. But the, the one who loves you has paid your penalty. He stands ready to be your advocate. And he says, I don't just wash you up and clean you off. I make you a new person, my child, and I now engage in your life as my child so that whatever does ha- happen, hard, difficult, painful, you can know, though it hurts, though I wouldn't choose it, though I wish it wouldn't happen, he loves me. And he is because he is good. He's working for good. Always. Always working for good. So, if you've been around the chapel, here are state, two statements that I, I think you'll recognize. If they're new to you, I would invite you to commit them to the core of your heart. Because a crisis reveals foundations. Crisis reveals what you've built your life on. And as a follower of Jesus, here are two truths that I have sought to build my life on. First, I have nothing to fear because nothing touches me that has not passed through the hands of my loving Heavenly Father. And we have tried the best I can to establish God loves you. And because He loves me, He has these hands that whatever I can see, like they're above me, nothing comes through that screen, that filter, that hadn't passed through His hands. His love. His fatherliness doesn't mean he always does what I want him to do, when I want him to do, how I want him to do it. That's not always loving. But what God always does is love and work for good in your life. He's working for good. And then the flip. Nothing touches me does not pass through the hands of my loving Heavenly Father. Everything that does touch me is designed to make me more like Jesus. God's really working on us. Just acknowledge that. God is working on me. He's exposing some potential false foundations that I've built my life on. Maybe you would say, I don't trust in my money. But now when it's all flying away, you're like, Hoo. maybe I did trust in it more than I thought. He's making you more like Jesus. And what was Jesus like? He was like this. He said, I don't do anything on my own initiative. I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only say what the Father tells me to say. It is the Father abiding in me doing the Father's work. So what's God doing in you? If you're a child of God, he is building your dependence upon him. He is removing things that compete for our trust and our love. And you may go, yeah, but I wish he wouldn't do that. He's not being mean. He is removing the things that actually are not trustworthy in order that you might trust in the one who is trustworthy. Now, I know plenty of you are going, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know you know, but do you know now? Because there's one thing to know, and then there's one thing to know in the present. So do you know now, nothing's touching me, that hadn't passed through his loving hands, and everything that has passed through, you're making me like Jesus. Not because you're against me, but because you're for me. You love me. So thank you, Lord. Because he loves me, I have nothing to fear. Finally, this. I hate, it's just growing through, I hate the lying destroyer. I'm more convinced than ever to refuse to believe his lies. I can't fathom how much God loves me. I have nothing to fear. And for me, fourth, for me to live is Christ. To die, gain. Now, I stole those words. Uh, They come straight from the Apostle Paul, Philippians chapter one. For me to live, for to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. He genuinely believed it. This is a good time for us to go. Do I do I believe that? Do I think that's really true? For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Here's how he unpacked it for him. He said, if I am to live on in this flesh, uh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I don't know which to choose. I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and to be with Christ, for that is very much better, yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. He's going, go be with the Lord, or stay here and be used by the Lord. Ah! I'm... (laughs) Again, I'm not sure if we're feeling that tension at all right now. In church... I want to bring us to that. To the tension. Not, am I going to get sick? Should I stay away? What should I do? What's going to happen to me? This tension. Lord, you going to keep me here for fruitful labor? Or take me to be with you? Wow. My options are actually really good. (laughs) That's not what most people are thinking right now. Nobody's going, man, my options are really good right now. And yet... As a believer, our options are really good. Stay for fruitful labor to be used by the Lord as the Father used Jesus on the planet when he was here or to go be with him. So what do you want? Abundant life or eternal life? Those are your choices. <laughs> that, that's a totally different mindset. I want abundant life or eternal life? Ah, uh, I'll take both, coach. <laughs> yeah, that's straight front. I'll take both. That's what he gives us, abundant life until he's done with us, eternal life when he's done with us. So good. So last Sunday, um, on the phone with one of the first contractors here in Duval County, and he wasn't panicked, wasn't freaking out. You know what he said? He said, Doug, you know, really, what's the worst that can happen to me? See, that's not theory. Theory. As a man, over 60, with the virus, going, what's the worst that can happen to me? I can stay for abundant life, fruitful labor, or go for eternal life, sweet and sweeter. And that is not the mindset today, and I'm just... I'm just bringing it back. It's your truth that we seek, Lord. And your truth says, hey, you can trust me. You don't need to fear. Everything that touches you has come through my hands. And everything that does touch you is designed to make you more like Jesus. More like him in abundant life. More like him in eternal life. So good. What an incredible privilege. So, in crisis, it's where we are, making us more like Jesus. Let me finish with what Jesus did in crisis. Here's Peter tells us And while being reviled, he did not revile in return while suffering he uttered no threats but kept entrusting himself to him who judges justly don't miss don't miss what i just read to you at the pinnacle of his crisis on the cross suffering for something he didn't do paying the penalty the just for the unjust, being ridiculed, beaten, crown of thorns in his head, blood on his face, nails through his hands, nails through his feet, a raw, ripped open back, people mocking him and hurling him, insults at him. didn't yell at him. He didn't say, God, get him. He said, Father, I trust you. I trust you. I trust that you're working for your glory. I trust you love me. And though the opposer hates me, he will not prevail. He loves me. So, uh, I want to invite you, whether you're standing, sitting, wherever you are right now, to declare in time of crisis, Jesus, I want to be like you. I'm going to trust you. This is a prayer. This is not something to listen to only. I want to invite you to engage in as they lead us. That I will trust you, Jesus. Father of heavenly lights, fountain of wisdom and. Lay bare in your side. You know my ways, and I believe you will provide all I need in my life. And I will not fear anymore, for I will. Trust you, Jesus Trust you in my life You hold the world in your hands God of mercy and might Knew me before I was born Could I ever respond but to fall and adore? I live to know you more, Lord. I will ever trust you, Jesus. Trust you, Jesus. acknowledging I've sinned I deserve his wrath but I believe that you have paid the penalty for my sin so that I might be restored to right relationship with God so I want to invite you if you have never trusted in Jesus that very first step of trusting him to be your savior you do that right now? Just admit to him, I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. I cannot be good enough. I need you to do for me what I cannot do for myself. Would you trust Jesus to be your Savior? And if you have, if you've trusted him to be your Savior, I want to invite you to declare I hate the lying destroyer. And I am more convinced than ever. I will refuse to believe his lies. This will be a daily reminder in the craziness in the coming weeks. I will not believe his lies. But I will. I'll remember God loves me perfectly, fully, completely. And because of that, I will not fear. Now, hey, (laughs) will moments rise up? Hey, they might. When you feel anxious, when your stomach churns, when you feel tension in your shoulders, when you toss at night and you can't sleep. Say it. (laughs) I hate you, lying destroyer. And God. I believe you love me I believe you've created this world to be perfect I believe that you love me and you couldn't love me more in Jesus and you are my advocate I won't fear I won't fear in fact I'm going to embrace my two options abundant life or eternal life going to go if you give me today (laughs) then it's for Christ it's to love my neighbor it's to declare the hope that I have in Jesus it's to help somebody it's to be Jesus wrapped in this human flesh and if he takes me home even better it's a win-win folks win-win. That's the truth I hope you'll declare. And remember, it's always the last shot that wins. Don't let the last shot be the lie of the destroyer. Let the last shot, the last thought, the last thing that you declare, truth. Seek it. Meditate on it. it in your heart and let it be the foundation in this crisis. Truth. He loves you. Let me pray for us. and Would you live out the life that God has given? Father, thank you for the privilege even in this unique way to gather together to be united by your Spirit to recognize that though we're in separate rooms all around, uh, we are one in the Spirit. That you have made us brothers and sisters. And as brothers and sisters, you have invited us to cry out to you, Father. And that you are our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us each day our daily bread and forgive us and we sin against you and others for yours so you lead us not into temptation yours is the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your body and soul and spirit be preserved complete. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who called you and he will bring it to pass. God bless.